0: Hey guys, welcome to the Doula Diaries. I'm Heidi. I'm the host of the Birth Story podcast, which drops birth story episodes and expert interviews every Thursday. I'm also the author of the Birth Story Pregnancy Guidebook and Journal. It is everything, 529 pages of everything that you need to know to prepare for your birth. You can get that at birthstory.com. And I am also the content creator for Birth Story Academy, where you go for online learning from a virtual doula. You can also get into my private Facebook community through Birth Story Academy. And here on Tuesdays is where we meet for doula diaries. So welcome. Hey guys, happy summer missed a couple of weeks here, and so that means I've missed you guys. It's been a wonderful kickoff to the summer. My kids went to Montana, and my sister and I drove cross-country from North Carolina to Colorado. Now, I know some of you guys are following that journey on Instagram. If you're just finding the birth story podcast, then I hope you'll follow along also at birth.story.academy. That's the Instagram page where I post pictures of the birth stories and teaching elements that we don't necessarily cover on the podcast or maybe like I expand upon them. So the reaction from some of the stories in Colorado was wonderful. And in fact, I heard from many of you guys that live in Colorado while I was out there. And so I wanted to start there today because I'm just feeling like just so thankful for each one of you guys. Okay, here's the first one. This came in and it says, hey, Heidi, I just have to start by saying, I think you're amazing. I think it's divine that I found your podcast while you were in Colorado. I live in Denver. My best friend is a doula, trained midwife, 5,000 other amazing things, and she made me fall in love with birth. After having an unmedicated and magical birth experience this past October with my first child, I just had to tell my story to anyone who would listen. Your podcast is my happy place, my new learning space and a space where I get excited every day to give birth again one day. Thank you for the amazing work you do and beautiful stories you bring to us. I have told everyone I know about this podcast and your book. I hope you're enjoying your time in the Rockies and that you get to come back soon. This is just one of the messages that I received while I was hanging out in Rocky Mountain National Park, Breckenridge, Frisco, chilling at 10,000 feet elevation and going to the oxygen bar basically every day. So a couple of things that I was able to step back and step out and step away from my doula practice here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and process some of the birds that I've attended recently And think about how I can better serve each of you on the podcast, in Birth Story Academy, while you're taking your childbirth education courses with me, on my Instagram, while you're there for entertainment and education, and then, of course, in the birth room. And so I did a lot of reflecting, surrounded by nature, off-grid, like no cell coverage most of the time. And some things surfaced for me. And so today we're going to talk about postpartum care and how we are nurturing ourselves and how the others around us can help to nurture us. Okay. So this is how this topic came about. I drive from, well, first of all, I did the Alpine slides in Breckenridge. So if you haven't done that, like put that on your bucket list. You take this like chairlift up to about 13,000 feet elevation, and then you slide down the <laughs> slides to 10,000 feet elevation. It was maybe like, you know, just over a mile of slides, half a mile. It was unbelievable. The views were breathtaking. It was incredible. And so we end this experience stand up paddleboarding on Dillon Reservoir, camping, And in the morning, we're like, hey, let's head to Rocky Mountain National Park. But GPS is telling us to go the shortcut, right? It's telling us to go back to Denver and then like kind of cut in on the east side. But the long route, which was twice as long and kind of twice as hard on the car, was the western route. And it was so worth it. Like many things in life, the shortcut, the easy route, We can apply this to lots of things with birth, wink, wink. It's not always the sunshine we think it's going to be going like the easy route. Sometimes the harder, more difficult, longer route is often the most rewarding and the most beautiful. So we entered through the western side and instantly saw elk and two different sets of um, moose that had just given birth in their their little baby moose i don't know what the proper terms are cuz i don't live in colorado but mama moose and baby moose and so we saw two different sets and elk everywhere and just such beautiful landscapes and then we just kind of climbed higher and higher and higher and higher and eventually you get to about 12,000 feet. So I think you start about 7,000 feet and you climb to these snow-capped mountains in the middle of summer to the peak at about 12,000 feet. You can kind of hike up to this one peak. And then we started the descent. Oh my gosh, you guys though. When you're driving up this, you think you're gonna fall off of a mountain cliff. Like I was like, oh my God, I'm just driving into the heavens. I'm, I'm just, dry. I don't know where it ends. Like you just are going up and you can't see the peak. You can't see that it's going to, that there's a, a top. You don't know when it's going to end. And I'm bringing this up because it is just like having a freaking contraction when you're like, oh my goodness, I don't know what's ahead of me. I don't know when this is going to peak. I don't know when this is going to end. It's like the unknown. And I found myself again in the space surrendering on this cliff driving, you know, journey. And, and I think back on my birth experiences and each of you going into your upcoming births. And these are just, these are growth opportunities. These are teaching opportunities. I probably wouldn't have been able to make that drive or have gone to 12,000 feet or have overcome any of the things that I overcame camping for two weeks in my car if I hadn't gone through my birth experiences because my birth experiences taught me how strong I am. They taught me when I can't see the road ahead, when I can't see the peak, when I can't see the end, my body learned how to keep going when I focused on breath and surrender And just let go. And I didn't worry about falling or failing. I focused on flying. And that's exactly what this journey was, this trip. So we get to the peak and we kind of chill up there for a little bit. And then you can see the path below when you're kind of riding down the east side. And when you're coming down Rocky Mountain National Park, you can then see where you're going. And everything kind of makes sense. And then I even thought about birth. I could do it again now. Now I could circle around back to the west side and re-drive it. And I wouldn't be as scared because I would know what's coming. And those of you that have given birth before and are pregnant again with your second, like you understand that. Like now you know what a contraction is. Now you know what pushing or transition or a belly birth is. And so it's not as daunting when you've kind of felt it, seen it, experienced it done it before. Okay. So I get down the mountain and I turn into my campsite and in my campsite, I pull in and immediately there is um, a mama moose and like, and I'm talking to y'all like 15 yards away from me. So think of a football field <laughs> think of like 10 to 15 yards. Like that's real close. And I have no moose experience. Because I live in North Carolina. And so I instantly just run away from this Mama Moose and I get back in my car and I'm freaking out and I'm like, oh my gosh. And the, um, the camp, let's say, I'm like camp director, but that's not it. The camp host, these are interesting, unique individuals that live off grid for like the season. So May to November and they kind of greet the campers and take care of, you know, what's going on at the campsite. I don't really understand what their job is, but they get to live there for free for six months. And our camp director, Dylan, our camp host director, I don't know what the hell his title is, but Dylan, we got to be friends with Dylan and Dylan came over and is like, you know, you're on her land, just don't mess with her and you'll be fine. I'm like, okay, about 30 minutes later, me and Mama Moose got to be friends And we chilled out. And I spent the night. And she kind of like, I thought she was going to walk away for a minute. Instead, she just decided to lay down in the middle of my campsite. And so me and my sister and Mama Moose camped out together. Or we camped out with her, you know. So the next morning, we didn't have a reservation. Let me tell you about Rocky Mountain National Park. People book these campsites six months in advance. But then regular people like me and you, we aren't on top of it. And so then we decide we want to go camping at Rocky Mountain National Park, but we don't have a reservation. There's none available. Well, what I learned, pro tip, is that if you are there, you just go find this beautiful person who loves to live off grid for six months. In my case, his name was Dylan. And you say, Who didn't show up for their reservation or who canceled their reservation at the last minute? And lo and behold, there's usually four to six campsites available on any given day. So we kind of winged it and it worked out in our favor. So the next morning we had to move seven campsites down to a new campsite, but in the same, it was called Camp Dick. Lots of jokes going on in this campsite. Okay. It was called Camp Dick and it was right outside Rocky Mountain National Park. And we go seven campsites down, and I pull in, and I'm like, are you kidding me? There's another Mama Moose, but she has just given birth in this very wobbly, cute, I can't even, the fuzzy hair, the wandering eyes, the wobbly legs, this beautiful, brand-new, Newborn moose, baby moose, is kind of wobbling around my new campsite. And I'm like, okay, I've now learned that the mama moose love me. They, they think they sense I'm a and they've decided to follow me around the campsite and just stay with me. So we stayed at that campsite for three days. And mama moose and baby moose never left my side. Now, the furthest away. Mama Moose got was probably a hundred yards, but she stayed around 50, 30 to 50 yards away. And this is what Mama Moose, who had just given birth, did. I just sat there in my chair, reading my book and observing her and her baby for three days. She barely moved. She was in complete rest. She was sleeping. She would get up, and we were on a stream, like a, well, a river, actually. So she would go and drink a little bit, and then she would eat a little bit, and then she, like 90% of the time, was just laying down, sleeping, and resting. And then every now and then, wobbly little baby moose would get up and try to walk, and she would kind of get up and try to settle the baby back down and get the baby to to sleep and eat and rest too so for three days nature was serving her like there wasn't papa moose like on that note where the fuck was the dad right like the partner moose like I mean maybe up on the hillside watching but according to camp host Dylan you know the bull mooses get the Cow mooses, I don't even know if this is proper grammar, but get the cow mooses pregnant and then they just sort of take off and they get all of them pregnant, whatever. But they're not really there to nurture Mama Moose. So Mama Moose, nature was serving her. Right around her were all the flowers and greens and really rich nutrition and all of the snowmelt so this beautiful glacier water for her and for her baby and this comfortable place for her to rest and to sleep and to be safe and to be hydrated to be nourished so i was really taking observation like there wasn't a sister moose or a grandma moose or there was no there was no other animal it was just nature that was creating an environment to protect her and to bring her to rest and so we are mammals and we live inside and we live isolated and we live with just bull, bull moose or partner moose or our other cow moose, you know, and we have our baby moose. And so who is serving us and who is taking care of us? And so today I'm going to share my postpartum care guide, which is part of Birth Story Academy. And all of my private doula clients and sort of what my recommendations are for postpartum care when you become a mama moose. So the first thing I wanted to address is how terrible the United States is at nurturing us. So in the United States before 1993, when Bill Clinton, thank you, was in office, we had basically no rights Um, I mean, except for back then, you know, there was Roe v. Wade. And as I'm recording this, like, you know, we're having to deal with the aftermath of that. But in 1992, if you worked at Bank of America and you got pregnant, like, sorry, you would probably just lose your job and not have a job to come back to. In 1993, FMLA was passed under Bill Clinton. And if you work for a company with 50 or more employees... You get 12 weeks of unpaid leave. We're going to leave by law. Oh, great. So you can have a baby, not make any money for 12 weeks, but at the end of 12 weeks, you're guaranteed to have your job back. That's essentially what that says. So there are other countries that do this much better with money. So in the Czech Republic, that's the leading worldwide country with paid maternity leave by law. Now, of course, this is gonna drastically differ by employee, employer, right? You may have an employer that gives you a year off, right? Like like the Googs. I think Goog does. Let somebody Google it. But I think Google gives you like a year off. But Czech Republic by law gives birthing persons 28 weeks paid. Hungary, 24 weeks, paid. Italy, five months, paid. Canada, whoop, whoop. I know we've got a ton of Canadian listeners. 17 weeks, paid. Spain and Romania, 16 weeks, paid. Okay, now we get into uh, parental leaves that are not, some are paid and some are unpaid. So Bulgaria, 58 weeks guaranteed to get your job back. Greece, 43 weeks. The UK. You know, it's so funny. It was just 4th of July. And in our family, we were like questioning, like, what are we really celebrating? Like, we separated from England. <laughs> but look at how far advanced the UK is in freedoms and liberties compared to the United States. Like in maternity leave, the U.K. has 39 weeks guaranteed your job. U.S. 12. I would venture to say that as a birth worker, that would be one thing that was hard for me on the 4th of July, to be celebrating freedom. When in birth and body and autonomy, it looks a little better in England, it does. So anyway, Slovakia, 34 weeks. Croatia, 30 weeks. Chile, 30 weeks. Czech Republic, again, 28 weeks, but that's paid. Ireland, 26 weeks. Hungary, which we talked about with 24 weeks paid. And then New Zealand, 22 weeks. So all of these countries, in fact, 120 countries worldwide, are giving massive maternity leaves and most of them paid Except for the United States. So let freedom ring and on to your postpartum care guide. All right. So when my clients give birth, you know, we highly recommend including a postpartum doula or having someone to come care for you. So hopefully your partner can take some time off work or has. Some sort of parental leave. Maybe you have a parent or a grandparent or a cousin or a sibling, but someone to come serve you or someone's to come serve you, just like nature was serving this mama so she could rest and hydrate and eat. And so these are the things that I recommend for your postpartum care taking care of your body. So we're talking vagina, perineum. Um, anus with hemorrhoids. Um, This is going to look a little bit different if you had a C-section with your abdomen. But the things I talk to my clients about is body work. So Reiki, massage therapy, a postpartum massage is so critical to your postpartum healing. Not moving your body for 15 days. So five days in the bed, five days near the bed, five days next to the bed stretching and slow movements, like a slow flow, while your um, placenta scab is still healing. So where the placenta peels away from the uterine wall, and that's bleeding, and your uterus is uh, clamping down, it bleeds on average for about 21 days. And it kind of peaks around days 10 to 14, you may see that your bleeding is a little heavier, and then it kind of Slows down so while you're healing, slow flow and slow flow movements, tons of hydration, at least a hundred ounces of water. One of my favorite tips is the camel back, y'all. I mean, fill that thing with a gallon of water, hook it to your back, strap it on, baby on the front and get to hydrating. <laughs> it's really good. And I will say if you're using the Camelback, like don't put the liquid IV or the Noon tabs or anything like that in there because it's really hard to clean it. So just stick with the straight water. Um, on the side though, use some of those hydration packs. If you have a very sore perineum, hopefully you're following along on Instagram on Burst birth.story.academy, and you can look at some of the videos that I've made on how to make an ice pack with um, a baby diaper. And you can start that when you're in the hospital. So another one of my postpartum care tips for my clients is we talk about installing a bidet. So if you were to have any vaginal tearing and or a belly birth where it's hard to kind of bend over and wipe or move. A bidet is something where you can easily spray your rectum and your vagina with cool water, and it feels really good, and it's, it's a way to soothe and clean the area when you go to the bathroom. Um, if you have any kind of tearing, the urine is very acidic-y, and it can burn for the first couple of days, so a bidet is amazing. There's also some natural like bottom balms. I like the Earth Mama bottom balm. Um, There are some chemical laden things that you can do, like the dermaplast. That's like the spray. That's kind of like a spray lidocaine. So, I mean, you know, you know if you're a crunchy mama or you're not a crunchy mama. So there are your, that's your crunchy one. The bidet and your Earth Mama perineal balm. And then there's your you know, I'll put anything, do whatever, then spray the dermaplast and it's going to numb you up. Something to make it easy for you to frequently urinate. What I see happen with my clients is bladder infections right after they give birth, especially if you had an epidural and they did in and out catheters or a Foley catheter that stayed in. And then your, um, not hydrating enough. And then you're afraid to go to the bathroom because it burns. And then we end up with a bladder infection. So these are all recommendations to make urinating easier. Um, Hemorrhoids. So those tux pads, padsicles, witch hazel, um, taking a stool softener like Colace or using foods like watermelon that is, that are natural stool softeners. So that you have like a nice, soft, regular stool and you don't have to push the poop out. You can just kind of breathe the poop out. That's going to help with your um, rectal healing, especially if you had a rectocele or if you had any hemorrhoids. So some of the other things that I recommend in your postpartum um, like recovery journey are the postpartum underwear. Like I'm all about free bleeding. I use the She Thinks ones, but I know Freedom Mom has some good ones too. And um, we talked about like the ice packs and you can go to my Instagram and see the video of how to make them, but they make like instant ice packs too, where you kind of shake them and break them and then they get cold. You can put those in your underwear Sitz baths are another really good option for healing and soaking your perineum. Vaginal steaming. Have you guys listened to the episode that I did with the CEO of steamychick.com? Look back on the podcast. There's an episode with Steamy Chick on vaginal steaming. But right after you give birth, you can return to vaginal steaming. Um, In my postpartum visits, we also talk about how you're hyperfertile. So we want to know what is your birth control of choice, especially since Roe v. Wade has been overturned. And if you have an unwanted pregnancy after you've just given birth, you know, in a lot of states, abortion is not going to be an option. So let's make sure that we have a plan for that. You are hyperfertile. I had a 10-month fertility journey. And my children are 15 months apart. So it was, you know, challenging to get pregnant with Max. And I have no idea where Jagger came from. Like, I'm not even sure if I had sex. So, you know, I did. But you you know what I'm saying, right? Like, know what your birth control plan is. When my sister went for her six-week follow-up visit, she was already pregnant. Yeah, you will have sex before six weeks if your vagina feels good and you're horny. It'll happen. Trust me. So, you're hyper fertile. You're dropping eggs like crazy. Let's have a birth control plan. So, that's something we go over with my private clients too. We talked about water. We talked about constipation. So, the next thing is food, nourishing, healing foods. I love real food for pregnancy. And then that book by Lily Nichols, I also interviewed her on the podcast. What an amazing episode listening to Lily Nichols talk about nutrition. But you know, really focus on, we heal from the inside out. And if you're like just pummeling McDonald's and Kentucky fried chicken, those are, that's not really nourishing food that's going to help your body heal. Like, trust me, I love a good stop at Bojangles, but I'm talking about like lots of soups, lots of broths, lots of vegetables, lots of smoothies, So really think about cellularly how do we heal and how do we reduce inflammation in our body and we want to focus on those really nourishing foods. Another book I highly recommend is The First 40 Days, The Art of Nourishing the New Mother. I mean, to me, that's just a must-have for all pregnant persons for nutrition so another thing that I recommend my clients use is a magnesium. So either like a magnesium calm powder or there's magnesium gummies. But this magnesium helps everything from like softening your stool to reducing your anxiety to improving sleep. So magnesium is definitely something to talk to your Um, doctor about. I take it every day. It helps um, with my heart rhythm. I think I've shared on this podcast before I have a heart condition and it helps with my heart rhythm too. So magnesium is just wonderful. Um, Dried fruits are something that's amazing to add to your diet. That's really going to help with softening your stool, moving um, food along. Celery juice. If you guys have a juicer, Celery juice is something that's going to help you get that soft stool too. I think we talked about watermelons, pears. These are all things that I would put in smoothies or eat fresh and then drink your warm broth or your warm soups at least the first 40 days. And then I can't reiterate this enough, but 100 ounces of water with your camelback. So now let's talk about your pelvic floor and your core and belly binding. I recommend Bangkung belly binding. I use Jennifer Farnham. She also is the CEO of Art of Natural Wellness. We had her on the podcast to talk about Bangkung belly binding. Her YouTube channel is called Willow Wisteria and you can order these beautiful belly binds from her for about $30 to $40. She ships them right to your doorstep and she has YouTube videos that teach you how to bind yourself. So I couldn't recommend Bangkung Belly Binding more. It just, it gives you that sensory input. It gives you that nice squeeze. It, um, I don't know if I can like say it reduces your chances of having diastasis recti, but uh, I think it does. So I'm gonna say I think it does that because it just helps hold everything tight and together. I love Nikki with the bell method. She has agreed to be on the podcast. So that episode is coming so following on instagram the bell method that's going to be a great resource for postpartum like core exercises diastasis recti go to her page and look at her highlights for postpartum so those are going to be some amazing exercises i also love amy from home body movement and her online course returning to center and i think i don't remember what the percentage is off but you get some discount by using code birthstory. So the reason I'm bringing up Amy's online course, following Nikki with the bell method, doing Bangkok belly binding and we're having a conversation about core and pelvic floor strength is because it drives me crazy that you give birth and then they make an appointment for 6 weeks later. Like no physical therapy no guide. You can get this guide in Birth Story Academy, but like no roadmap for what do we do to heal in the postpartum period. And you need to, you need to have a journey. You need to have a roadmap. You need to have a guide. You need to understand how to take care of your body and how the other people around you can take care of your body so that you can heal, so that you can take care of your baby ultimately. So I believe that every single person who has given birth whether it is a belly birth or a vagina birth, a vaginal birth, that you should go to pelvic floor therapy. I would wait two weeks and then I would have an assessment and then I would continue pelvic floor therapy weekly for at least the 12 weeks. Find someone in network with your insurance. Like this is something you're never going to regret. You're never going to regret that it's going to help you have sex that's not painful. You're never going to regret that like your, it could help your bladder stay on the inside of you rather than having a cystocele and your bladder being on the outside of you. It can help you with urine leakage and laughing, coughing, sneezing, stress incontinence. It can help you with not looking like you're pregnant with this round, open, bloated belly that hasn't come back together. So, I mean, pelvic floor strength is so important to supporting all of the other organs in your body also. So uh, a whole healthy body from head to toe after giving birth, the core of that is your pelvic floor. And so, like, let's work on it. And then we need to work on your mind. So postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis, postpartum rage. My doula clients are all screened for that in our postpartum visit at four weeks. Hopefully your doctor or your midwife is screening for it at their six-week appointment. If you experience any birth trauma at all, I recommend going to therapy If you were expecting um, or anticipating a vaginal birth and you had a belly birth, I recommend working with a therapist. I do um, a type of visualization called completing the birth in which we walk through completion of the birth vaginally. If we gave birth through the belly, it's a very powerful tool that I use for my clients that are seeking vaginal births after cesarean section. So I would definitely see a therapist and talk about um, what you went through and, and how you could heal from that experience if it wasn't everything that you thought it was going to be. Postpartum anxiety, depression, psychosis, and rage are chemical imbalances. There is not something wrong with you. There is something wrong with our freaking society. There is something wrong with going back to work right away, having to take care of all the responsibilities. You've got, you know, five kids and birthday parties and you have to pack lunches and change diapers. And, like, and, and hopefully you have a partner maybe and maybe you don't. And if you do, hopefully they're helpful. But a lot of times this just falls on the birthing person. And we're overworked and we're hiding in a closet and we're crying and we're like eating too many Twizzlers and chocolate pieces because we're tired and we're sad and it's chemicals. And so I highly recommend that you talk to your providers about postpartum anxiety, depression, psychosis, and rage, how those look different, how those feel different, and what natural remedies and pharmaceutical remedies can help? Like a lot of my clients are on Zoloft, y'all. Like a lot. I could sing a song about Zoloft. And, you know, I'm not a giant, as a as an ex-pharmaceutical rep, I'm not a giant pharmaceutical person. But um, I'm not in the business of my dual clients suffering through the postpartum period. And I don't want that for you either. So, if you get into your postpartum period and you feel like, man, I'm, I think I'm suffering. I'm not, I'm not enjoying this experience. I'm not fully present. I'm not living it. Then I think you should reach out and share and express that and talk to someone and think about maybe swallowing a little pill that could help you with that or some other natural remedies. Um, I know lots of people do like CBD, sunlight vitamin d, motherwort, um copa calm, exercise, yoga, meditation. Like there are so many things that we can incorporate into our postpartum period, both naturally and from a pharmaceutical perspective that can support you in your postpartum period to make sure you have a better experience. Now, one of those things is placenta therapy. So we'll do a whole nother episode on placenta. But in my postpartum guide, I do recommend highly placenta encapsulation and placenta tinctures, placenta smoothies, however you want to take your placenta. But um, that is in my postpartum guide. Now, child care. I want you to think about in your postpartum period, your pediatrician, how you feel about vaccinations, how you feel about wellness, and what type of provider might be the right for you. I'm a big fan of baby wearing, skin to skin, having you naked with your baby as much as possible. So You know, I go to my postpartum visits and my moms are like fully clothed and then they like pull down their tank top with their baby fully clothed and they breastfeed. And I'm like, listen, I'm not telling you you're doing anything wrong by any means. I'm just saying it would feel really good if you just ripped your shirt and your bra off and you got your baby naked and took their diaper off and you skin to skin fed your baby at the breast if you're breastfeeding. If you're bottle feeding, same thing, skin to skin as much as possible. So a minimum data shows a minimum of four hours of skin to skin time. And the easiest is to do during your feed. So naked on naked. When your baby's umbilical cord stump has fallen off, I also highly recommend skin to skin in the bathtub. So jumping in a bathtub with some warm water and putting your baby on you naked on naked. So um, all right, before we end here on this postpartum guide, again, you can get it at Birth Story Academy if you're taking my childbirth education course online. And um the Instagram apps that I recommend. So I'm gonna put them in the show notes, but here they are Carrie Loker, mommy labor nurse, hey sleepy baby, taking care of babies, can do kiddo, the wonder weeks app, baby see app, the sprout app, the baby tracker app. The Baby Daybook app and Huckleberry. All of these recommendations are not sponsored for the Birth Story podcast. They are actual, true, real recommendations from my dual clients and the things that, and the accounts that they follow that they think have really helped them. And then um, I have a whole entire guide for breastfeeding support. And you can find that at birthstory.com under the workbook. So if you're looking for like, hey, Heidi, what books and podcasts should I uh, like listen to to prepare for breastfeeding? I have it all written down for you, but I'm just going to go through it really quick. Latch, Lactivate, The Positive Breastfeeding Book, The Nursing Mother's Companion, Work, Pump, Repeat, Ina Guide to Breastfeeding, The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding. And then the podcasts that I recommend for breastfeeding are the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, The Boob Broads, The Boob Group, All About Breastfeeding, All Things Breastfeeding, Birthful, and Breastfeeding Talk. If you have any other books or any other podcasts that have changed your life, please DM me on Instagram at birth.story.academy. And so I can recommend them and I can put them out into the world. But these are the ones that have been recommended to me over the years that I keep in my postpartum guide. And then the very, very last thing, let's go back to Mama Moose. And remember I said that 90% of the time she was just sleeping there with me at my campsite. She was just resting so all of the things that we just talked about in that postpartum guide, like the foundation is sleep. And the joke is you have to feed your baby every two to three hours, and that can take up to an hour. So maybe you're feeding every two hours and it takes an hour, so then you have an hour break. Like, when are you going to sleep? <laughs> your sleep is not gonna look like it currently looks when you're pregnant or when you're preparing for pregnancy, your sleep is going to be an hour here, two hours there, two hours here. It's going to be very broken up. If you surrender for the first 12 to 16 weeks that sleep is going to just look different, you're going to do just fine. And if you have extra money, there are these people that you can hire called night nurses or sleep consultants. And they will come over and they will help take care of your baby and bring your baby to feed while you sleep. And then they'll do like the rocking and the burping and the changing of the diaper and putting your baby back to sleep. So some people do opt for night nurses in the beginning, but I am here to tell you that Sleep helps with milk supply, sleep helps with mood, sleep helps with bonding and connection, like as much as possible. Try to sleep, like they say, try to sleep when your baby sleeps. Okay, I have two kids, but really try to sleep as whenever you can. If you can catch 30 minutes here or 40 minutes there, it does add up and it really does make a difference and refreshes you. So anyway, I hope you guys are having a wonderful summer. I have really enjoyed disconnecting and being out in Colorado and learning from Mama Moose and Baby Moose. And I really felt called today to talk to you about the postpartum period and resting and hydrating and eating and let nature and let others serve you. This week on Thursday, we have another great birth story coming up and I hope you will tune in. Okay, before we go, a little love for Birth Story Academy. I got this quick note from one of the individuals taking the course. Hey, Heidi, I'm sure I could write more, but I just can't thank you enough for all that I've learned and mostly the confidence and peace that you gave me through all the knowledge that you shared. I really had a positive birth experience and don't think I could change any part of it. Also, my recovery has been great, too. Thank you so much for all that you do. I would love to have each of you in Birth Story Academy. You can join today at birthstory.com. And if you write a review, I will be reading reviews from Birth Story Academy and the podcast over the next several weeks. Happy summer. All right. Are we ready to put those swimsuits on and go cool off? I am. See you Thursday for a birth story. Thanks for listening to Doula Diaries. Before you go, don't forget to check out Anja Health at AnjaHealth.com, A-N-J-A Health.com and really look into cord blood and tissue banking. As a parent of a child with cerebral palsy, I know how potent and powerful stem cell transplants can be. And... I don't have the opportunity to do that for my child. So I ask you, as you're planning and preparing for the birth that you want, no matter what that looks like, that you will consider cord blood and tissue banking as an insurance policy because we just don't know how our birth is going to go or if our children are going to get childhood leukemia, cancer, heart disease, liver disease, diabetes, Cord, blood, and tissue banking is the future of science. I am so excited to see in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, how our children might be able to use their cord, blood, and tissue stem cells in order to heal their adult bodies. Isn't that so cool to think about? All right, Anjahealth.com Use code BIRTHSTORY for $100 off. There is also a special link in the show notes to help you get there. Thank you for letting me share about Anja and Doula Diaries. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode.